Ion 2020, episode 57. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020, the place that you're coming to daily for all the news and events that are leading up to this 2020 election cycle. It's only March, I know, I know, and I'm recording this in March 2019, so I guess if you're listening in March 2020, we're getting a little closer, but it is 2019 right now as I'm recording, and I'm just definitely, um, you know, I might be a little little too soon on these on, on the election cycle right now, but that's fine. I wanted to get started early because I wanted to make sure that you guys had all of the news and information for this 2020 election so you can make some decisions. And, uh, you know, you're building up to the summer where you're going to start having some of the debates and so forth, some straw polls in Iowa that come out. And, uh, you know, as as you move closer into November, December, there's even more debates. And then you start having the primaries for the Democrats. If somebody decides to challenge Donald Trump, you're going to have primaries for the Republicans as well. I don't know that you're going to get or that any of these guys will end up getting too much traction that are going to talk about running against Donald Trump. But there is a lot of controversy going on right now. And, you know, with, with, the, diff- with the Russian investigation about to come out, and uh, I guess the, the Democrats in Congress, they are foaming at the bit right now to go ahead and, and uh, you know, take Donald Trump to task on this thing and, you know, possibly try to get him kicked out of office somehow, right? Uh, you know, they'll go, they did that with Bill Clinton. The Republicans did that with Bill Clinton back during the Monica Lewinsky days and stuff. But, uh, they're definitely looking to impeach Donald Trump possibly. I know Nancy Pelosi said that she's not going to try to do that, but you know, if, if they end up going through with that and that help, you know, makes the president's approval ratings go even further down and makes people hate him even more than they already do, then, you know, you might have some challenges there, but D- Donald Trump still has a very strong base, and the more that they attack Donald Trump from that left-hand side, the more that they try to fight against this guy, the more that his base kind of gets entrenched, and that's good for him and for his election, election or re-election possibilities, but it might not be good for the normal voter, the independent voter, the per- the swing state voter, things of that nature, but you know, it might cause those people to sit on their hands and not vote also, so it might not be good for the Democrats to go after him as hard as they have been, but they are, the, the, the uh, news media definitely does as well, and rightly so on some things, but not rightly so on other things, I guess, I, I've always, I mean, from my standpoint, I haven't really seen a lot of good evidence that says that he was colluding with, you know, Vladimir Putin to win the election, if anything, um, Hillary Clinton had some issues going into this thing as well. So, I, I mean, if anything, it was on both sides, but I don't know if either of these campaigns was were specifically colluding with the Russians by any means. Uh, I mean, a couple hundred thousand dollars spent on Facebook ads is a pine, you know, a, a tiny drop in the bucket compared to the entire overall espionage 
uh, budget that the Russian that, that the Russian government has. I'm sure, right? I'm pretty sure that they would spend a lot more than a couple hundred grand on some Facebook ads to try to sway the election. But um, whatever it was, who knows? But you know, it's definitely Donald Trump's been taking the task in a lot of these things, and that's you know that's just the way politics is. It seems like to me, they do it with every single president. They did it with. I'm sure they did it with Ronald Reagan. They did it, you know, rightly so with Nixon back in the day. Um, They did it with George W. Bush. They did it with Obama. Um, They definitely did it with with Bill Clinton. And, you know, they started looking into his sexual encounters back in the, you know, 1992. And finally it ended in this whole Monica Lewinsky thing and him lying about it and whether lying to Congress, you know, is impeachable offense and so forth. Um, and they tried to impeach him. I think the Congress or the House of Representatives did re- impeach him, but the Senate didn't go through with it. But still, I mean, it happens with every president. It's happened with Donald Trump as well. And um, it's just the, the parties duking it out, man. That's all it is. And it's to me, it's it's tiny little bickering and stuff over over everything. But each pow- party wants their power, right? They all want to have their seat in the presidency. And they're going to, you know, tear him down as much as they can. But I just think that from his base's standpoint, those, you know, 25% of voters that just love this guy, 35% of voters that just love this guy, um, all that does is just digs them in even more. And I, don't, I just don't think that's going to be good uh, for the Democrats when it really comes down to it. But, you know, it might. Who knows? So I found an article today that I wanted to talk about, though, because I just think that it's an interesting article, and I found it on Politico, and it says, How Trump is on Track for a 2020 Landslide. Economic models point to a Trump blowout in 2020, but a faltering economy or giant scandal could change everything. That's by Ben White and Stephen Shepard on uh, March 21st, 2019. And it starts off, it says, The president... President Donald Trump has a low approval rating. He is engaging in bitter Twitter wars and facing metastasizing investigations. That's true. Um, his approval rating being low, though, I i mean, I've done an episode on this a couple of weeks ago. His approval rating is not way further down than what Obama's was. It's within the margin of error. Sometimes it's higher, sometimes it's lower. But it's within the margin of error where Obama's was at the same time in his presidency going into his re-election in 20, uh, 2012, right? So I don't think this is unprecedented, unprecedented by any means that it's not going to allow him to get re-elected. But we'll see where that leads. Who knows? Um, and I'm going to do more episodes in the future about where his approval rating is in relation to Barack Obama's because Barack Obama got re-elected going into the election year things are going to change for Donald Trump, especially if the economy is going good. And that's what this article is talking about. So let's go ahead and move on with the article. Quote, but if the election were held today, he'd likely ride to a second term in a huge landslide, according to multiple economic models with strong track records of picking presidential winners and losers. Credit, a strong U.S. economy featuring low unemployment, rising wages, and low gas prices, along with the historic advantage held by incumbent presidents. While Trump appears to be in a much stronger position than his approval rating and conventional beltway wisdom might suggest, he also could wind up in trouble if the economy slowly, markedly, slows markedly between now and the next fall, as many analysts predict it will. And they, they are predicting that things are going to slow down, but they've been saying that for several years now. I mean, you got Peter Schiff that's been, that's been saying it since uh, 2010 <laughs> or 2009, probably. 
Um, and there is, I mean, there, there's a lot of possibility that it's going to happen. So I'm no economic expert by any means, but if you have multiple years, like we have of economic growth, um, I think it's the longest growth that America's had ever, or it's the second longest growth that the America's had ever. Right. So if that's the case, then eventually you're going to have a downturn and there's nothing that, um, Donald Trump is going to be able to do to, to change that. Even the Federal Reserve has said that they're expecting less growth this year than they did last year, and they re- readjusted their numbers uh, to like 2.1% growth rather than 2.5% growth, I think. And they're talking about not doing any more interest rate hikes over the next year until 2020. So even they're saying things about the about the economy going into a, you know, a slowing down mode, but maybe not into a recession and that, but that could definitely hurt Donald Trump. But right now, if the election was held today, according to the standards, you know, precedent that, that you've had in the past, most likely he would be reelected in a landslide. And that's because the economy is good. Wages are growing. Gas prices are low. He can take credit for those things. And people do vote based upon their pocketbook. They, you know, um, and then that's what one of these uh, in the article says, despite all the caveats, Trump looks surprisingly good if the old James Carville maxim coined in 1992, the economy, the economy stupid holds true in 2020. So people do vote based upon their pocketbooks. Even they say in this, uh, it was, it's the economy stupid. And that's what people voted for. in what was it? 1992 when, uh, Bill Clinton got elected over George W or George H W Bush, the first Bush, he got elected over that because the economy was not good at the time. So, the economy will hold true for Donald Trump as well. As long as the economy is doing good in November and he could spin it that way, even if it's not doing great, but he could spin it as doing great or spin it as doing better than it was under Obama then or under the Democrats, then he should uh, have a path to the White House, right? But if things do go on a downturn, and that's what this article is saying. So the economy is... This is what one of the going on with the article quote the economy is just so damn strong right now, and by all historical precedent, the incumbent should run away with it, said Donald Luskin, chief investment officer of Trend Macrolytics, a research firm whose model correctly predicted Trump's 2016 win when most opinion polls did not. I just don't see how the blue wall could resist all that. Models maintained by economists and market strategists like Luskin tend to ignore election polls and personal characteristics of candidates. Instead, they begin with historical trends and then build in key economic data, including growth rates, wages, unemployment, inflation, gas prices to predict voting behavior and election outcomes. Yale economist Ray Fair, who pioneered this kind of modeling, also shows Trump winning by a fair margin in 2020 based upon the economy and advantage of incumbency. Even if you have mediocre but not great but not great economy, and that's more or less consensus for between now and the election, that has a Trump victory and by a not trivial margin, winning 54% of the popular vote to 46% for the Democrat, he said. Fair's model also predicts Trump win in 2016, though it missed on Trump's share of the popular vote. Still, Luskin's Fair and other analysts who use economic data in voting history to make predictions also note that a sharp decline in growth and 
an increase in the un unemployment rate by next fall could alter Trump's fortunes. But Trump is literally in a position right now. This is me talking, not the article. So let me make that clear. Uh, Trump is in a position right now where he has, you know, not record unemployment, but, you know, way above normal unemployment, right? Uh, or way below normal unemployment. So he's, I mean, I think it's less than less than 3% unemployment right now, which is huge. That's basically full employment is what they say. Uh, so he's, and then that's full employment will cause wages to go up. But they say full, full employment with wages going up also leads to inflation. So that might be a hindrance to the economy growing. Who knows? But with full employment, wages going up, gas prices low, the economy chugging right along, that is definitely going to be a benefit to him. And I said this probably two or three years ago. I said that... Um, the economy, I mean, if you look at, not the economy, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average, right, which is not necessarily the economy, but a lot of people look at it as if the Dow is up, the economy is doing good. <clears throat> you had the Federal Reserve basically doing this quantitative easing for so long, and they were basically paying banks to keep money in reserves. They are paying banks to not loan out money, but as that goes away, these banks are going to be that are sitting on trillions upon trillions of dollars that they're getting paid not to release are slowly going to start releasing that, and that's going to cause more money into the economy, which is going to cause inflation in certain aspects. Like the first people to get the get those loans are going to be the builders. You see Dollar Generals, you see um, Family Dollars, you see all these stores just going up like crazy around the country. I'm sure you do. I do. I see it in South Carolina. I see it in Florida. I see it in Georgia. I see it in North Carolina where I drive around for work, right? And you just see just huge building boom in the commercial industry because those are the first people that can get those loans, right? So you're going to see inflation um, in those industries where you're going to see lots and lots of stores. They're going to start competing and so forth. Um, but you're also starting to see some of those stores that are starting to get on the decline now, like the family dollar, they're saying that, that that store is starting to decline versus the dollar general, which is starting to do better, right? Um, but all this building boom is going to cut in the commercial industry is going to trickle down to the people, but it's also going to cause, um, it could also cause a bust within those industries, right? So you have a building boom for commercial industry, and that can cause some of those stores to go bankrupt is going to cause unemployment and so forth. So it could be a bubble within those industries. That's what I'm getting at, right? Um, but those, all those trillions of dollars that are sitting on the sideline are now getting into the economy, and that can cause inflation. It can cause another bubble and so forth, and that's the challenge that uh, Donald Trump might have. But what that did, what I said two years ago, is with all that money coming off the sidelines, um, I, th I said at the time, I think that the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and I think it was at 18 or 19,000 at the time, I said I think it'd go up to like 28,000, and it did go up to around 26,500, um, and then it came down to about 21,000, but I think right now as I speak it's about 25,000, so I think with all that money coming off the sidelines, it's going to inflate the value of these companies, which inflates the Dow Jones Industrial Average, because those companies seem like they are a lot more valuable than they really are, so I think there's a bubble in equities right now because of that. But I'm no expert on finances, so don't take my word for it. I just, you know, I was thinking about that several years ago, and that's when I kind of 
made some mentions on a few websites that I thought that that was going to be the case. And it seems to have become the case right now that you have a lot of that money coming off the sidelines. Um, so that B- Donald Trump is definitely benefiting from that right now. Um, Barack Obama benefited from it because it looked like his presidency was a huge success at the end of it, right? Donald Trump was always calling it a bubble, calling it a bubble. As soon as he gets into presidency, now it's all him that's making it happen. It's no longer a bubble in his mind. But and not the Democrats definitely aren't saying anything about bubbles or anything because they want to spend more and more and more money. But de- definitely Donald Trump is benefiting from that, and that's why he could win, as this article says, in a 2020 landslide if things keep going his way. So let's move on with the article. So it says, Luskin's current model, which looks at GDP growth, gas prices, inflation, disposable income, tax burden, and payrolls, has Trump winning by a blowout margin of 294 electoral votes. White House, the White House remains confident that the GOP tax cut will support growth of 3%, both this year and next, keeping job and wage gains strong. That's much higher than consensus forecasts for the Federal Reserve and major banks that generally see a global slowdown by, led by Europe and China, coupled with fading impact of U.S. tax cuts pushing U.S. growth closer to 2% this year with job gains slowing. But Trump may have one major ally in his quest to make sure the numbers don't go much lower than this, the Fed, which recently stopped its campaign of interest rates hikes. On, and on Wednesday, the central bank said it foresees no more rate hikes this year. So that can really help out Trump if the interest rates kind of stay normal because now it gives a little bit more predictability in the market. And the markets love predictability, especially borrowers. Borrowers love it when, it, when there's predictability as well. So that can help them out. And then people start borrowing like crazy until 2020 when they maybe put the brakes on again with the anticipation of of interest rates going back up. So it, interest rates remain the same is going to drive people to try to get their loans as fast as they can so before the interest rates go up and that's just, you know, normal. That's just how people feel when they're I mean, you ever, if you ever go out for a mortgage, the mortgage, you know, the the mortgage uh the person has writing your loan the mortgage broker is always going to say, you need to get it. You need to lock this rate in fast because mortgage rates are going to go up. So people are quicker to make a decision based upon that. So that'll definitely be the case. Um, so it says, quote, if the election were held today, Trump would win according to the models and pretty handedly. In three of four of them, it would be pretty close. He's got low gas prices, low unemployment, and a lot of other political variables at his back. The only exception is his popularity, which matters a lot. If that falls off a cliff, it would make a big difference. So they're just saying that, I mean, and you know this, guys, the president has major popularity popularity among his supporters, a little bit of popularity among the rest of the people, but then the people that hate him really hate him. So it depends upon where things go with regards to his current situation, um, where the, you know, the, the press just beats up on him daily. And he, I mean, I think over the weekend they were calling him, they were saying that he was going crazy because of all the tweets that he was throwing out. <coughs> he had like some, he just was throwing out tweet after tweet about GM's president and that he needs, they need to, or she needs to reopen this plant in uh, Ohio. And then he was going after John McCain and uh, the press. I mean, I remember watching on Sunday, they said, it's been crazy the last 24 hours, the way that pres- the president just throwing out tweet after tweet so they're starting to 
go towards the, hey, he's crazy route and possibly try to sway opinion that way. Because I just don't think that the press or that the press is not that they're not fair to the president because they're going to go after him for a lot of things. Uh, they're going to, but I just think that, you know, there's definitely bias there and that's what it is. So even, you know, Fox news typically is, you know, a water carrier for every Republican, just like CNN, MSNBC, they're water carriers for democratic presidents and their candidates. Um, I just, even, even sometimes you see that Fox News isn't carrying all the water for him. Although, you know, your Sean Hannity's and Laura Ingram's, those people, they're just water carriers for the guy and they're going to defend anything that he does. Even if he did shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, they would defend him for that. So that's just the way that they are, right? Uh, just like, just like MSNBC would have, you know, defended Barack Obama to the, to the day that he died. And that's just the way that, you know, that's just the way that they are. Um, you and I, we can be unbiased and that's what I try to do is try to be unbiased in this because, you know, while the president gets beat up constantly by the press, uh, some ways he deserves it, some ways he doesn't, you know, um, if he's not going to pull out of these wars, like he said, he's going to, he definitely deserves it. And he needs to be held to task on those things as well. But if he wants to lower taxes, so be it as well. If he wants to end some regulations, so be it. I think that's a good thing. Uh, so you got to be unbiased. Even with Barack Obama, you have to be unbiased with, you know, their freaking politicians, guys. That's all they are. They just want to get reelected and they want, want more power. Um, so let's move on with the article as well. Oh, this is funny. It says, the Dem prominent Democrats know that while Trump might seem like a loose cannon faced with the threat of a devastating report from the special counselor Robert Mueller... He will likely be a formidable opponent in 2020, especially if the economy remains close to where it is today. Despite the fact that Trump is largely an incompetent clown, Democrats should not be overly confident that they can beat him, said Dan Pfeiffer, a top aide to former President Barack Obama. He is a slight favorite to win, but he barely won last time, and it looks like, or it, but it took a black swan series of events to make that happen. All Democrats have to do is flip 100,000 or so votes in three states to win, and that's a very doable thing. Wow, that's some good strategy right there. Flip 100,000 votes in three states. And then what? all that um, all that Trump has to do is keep those 100,000 votes or maybe sway 100,000 more people. And if those people are, pe are people that are getting paid more, if they feel the economy is stronger and so forth, then that is uh, definitely something that's doable and they don't they do say that you just you know you can't democrats can't take advantage of this situation because or take it for granted that he's so unpopular um now this gets back to kind of what i talked about yesterday uh all democrats have to do is flip a hundred thousand or so votes in three states to win isn't that amazing that three states are going to determine who is going to be the president of the united states based upon the rules that are set up in the um in the electoral college right now, the way that the states give the winner takes all, a lot of states do that winner takes all system. Um, whereas what I talked about yesterday was that if the states still kept with the electoral college idea, but it wasn't a winner take all, but it was, uh, you know, if, if there was, if, if your state, if 80% of the people voted for Donald Trump and 20% voted for Hillary Clinton, then 80% of those electoral college votes would go to 
Trump and 20% would go to Hillary Clinton. But if a third party candidate jumped on board and they got 10% of the vote, then they'd get 10% of those uh, electoral college uh, nominees as well. So I think that it goes back to, I mean, that's just crazy that all Democrats have to do is flip 100,000 or so people. That's that's just insane. But I, I, I mean, that's the system that we live under now. And it is all politics, right? They're, these guys play so much politics, and that's the goal is to get those electoral college votes, goal is to win specific states. You know for a fact that Democrats are going to lose in South Carolina. They're going to lose in a lot of these Midwestern states, right? Um, but they're going to get those larger states that have the larger um, share of electoral college votes, right? You're going to get the Floridas, you're going to get the Ohios, California, and so forth. And they're they're all fighting for those, especially uh, Ohio, Michigan, and Florida, I think, are always those swing states as well. Florida sometimes goes Democrat or Republican, depending upon the you know the season and the time of the year. So, anyway, that's what that article is all about. But it just says it. It gives a pretty clear view that Donald Trump really could win this thing um, as long as the economy stays good. He his chances are really high, and that you know these people that are predicting these things have a track record and people do they vote by their pocketbook i mean i would vote for my by my pocketbook if that was the case if if a if a president was running the country into the ground and i was losing my job and everyone around me was losing my job i might actually go to the polls and vote for somebody that had a better promise right but if things were going good then i might vote specifically for that particular candidate as well if i was the type of person that was swayed by that stuff right um, a lot of and a lot of voters are i mean you have you know, 20% that are going to vote for Republicans no matter what, 20% that are going to vote for Democrats no matter what, and then you have the 60% of the people in the middle that will that'll sway either way. Of those people that will even vote, 30% of people or so won't even vote anyway. Um, but yeah, he has a good chance, I guess, is what this says. I don't think this is the year for third parties. I don't think it will be. I think it's going to be the Democrats. They just want to get Trump out of office, so they're going to consolidate their support behind one candidate, and they're already saying that, guys. There's, I mean, uh, Cory Booker came out and said it over the weekend, last week, and he said, we need to support, we need to come together and not fight each other hard, but come together and support one candidate because the goal is to beat Donald Trump, not to beat each other up. Um, I don't know if that's a really good thing for them to say. I think that a hard-fought primary is actually a good thing it helped out donald trump right like he was that was a hard-fought primary 17 republicans against him and he ended up winning i think a hard-fought democratic primary can actually be a benefit because it's gonna yeah it might bring out some of the weaknesses in these candidates and so forth but it'll really get to the message of who's really or you know who's really gonna win and what and it'll a Democrats make a lot of assumptions about what people want, but this will get down to what people really do want if they really have a hard-fought, duke-it-out type primary. Um, so I don't know if that's a winning strategy to, for everyone to just kind of, you know, take the gloves off and not fight hard, but this is a this is a matter of beating Donald Trump and who's the most electable against him, because then you're going to get a Joe Biden or some watered-down candidate on that side. So uh, but it depends upon how they're going to do it, right? What Or what road that the Democrats want to take in this election cycle. Do they want somebody that's going to be, you know, putting out some crazy ideas that people 
might be able to get behind, like, a, a, you know, Elizabeth Warren. She throws out all kinds of ideas. You got Bernie Sanders. He throws out all kinds of ideas. Or do you want to get behind a good, strong candidate like Joe Biden, you know? And that just depends on what the people want. Um, but I think it would be a good thing to have a, you know, a, a duke it out type primary. That would be fun to watch. It would be better for my show. And I'll take that, right? So anyway, go ahead and wrap up for today. Uh, I appreciate y'all listening. If you can, subscribe to the show. I know I bring this up every single show. I tried not to talk about this you know, at the beginning of the show. But go ahead and subscribe if you can. Uh, if you want to hear it tomorrow, go ahead and subscribe. And if you would like, give me a five-star rating and review. If you want to check me out, you can do that on my website, which is iontheempire.com. And you can follow me on uh, Twitter, and that's going to be at iontheempire. Go ahead and do those things, and I will continue to come back day after day for you to help you have clear vision for the 2020 election.